You're listening to a brand new episode of One by Two with your host, Delani Ravindran. Ranked as having one of India's top five stand-up specials of 2017, S.A. Aravind has been shouldering the entire representation of South Indian comedians lately. With a hit special on Amazon Prime and a new one already in the works, the Madrasida artist has garnered much love for his witty and intelligent takes on issues ranging from growing up in Mailapur to the difficulties of long-distance relationships. Recently, the focus of many online discussions, after releasing one of his more popular sets related to the infamous Shah Khan film, Chennai Express, Adivan the coolly takes his criticism and his praise in stride. I spoke to the sharp comic about how he deals with online love and hate, the development of his next special, and how he feels about his comedy being coined hyper-local, despite its international success. Uh, okay, thank you so much, Edwin, for being on the show. We are really, really happy to have you on One by Two. Thank you for having me. So congratulations to you on the success of your Amazon Prime special. Um, and also recently, um, I saw being ranked as one of the top five comedy specials um, by Film Companion. So, you know, that's that's amazing. And um, how has the success of the special, you know, the wide reach of it um, and even these, you know, rankings and all this media coverage, how do you think it's impacted your your daily life or, or your, you know, your career, I guess, day to day? I guess those are two different things from my my daily life hasn't uh, changed much. Uh, I don't see any reason to because all of this is happening in this virtual world where uh, we're all working towards uh, as some kind of a brand equity in a world that you know we don't have a physical presence in. So therefore, let me put it that way: daily life has no has no say there. I get to do my own thing uh, in Chennai, and uh, and and everything else is exists in on in, uh, online. So, whereas from a career point of view, yes, now this pretty much sets my route map for the for the next uh, few years, I guess. Because if this special didn't do well, I would have had to have found other ways of. Uh, telling stories because that's primarily what I like doing. Mm-hmm. But now that, now that the special has done uh, reasonably well, um, I guess I guess I'm here to stay. So, <laughs> so you know, it's it's interesting to me to hear that you know you keep them separate, kind of like this online. Um, let's say the the buzz from online in your everyday life. Um, are you not one of those people you know who feels validated by by social media? I it's 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 a it, it, I guess it's like a pendulum. So if I feel validated by social media, then I guess I should also be open to uh, feeling uh, the hate when when you get that as well. So if you don't want to, if you swing one way, you're going to swing the other way. So if you don't want to oscillate, then you should just uh, I guess learn to discern yourself from that world. So so the validation for me um, comes from I I'd say more from the uh, pure recognition. And uh, rather my close circle, uh, letting me know uh, what they think of the work uh, as opposed to uh, the general public because uh, that's a bottomless pit. So I try to uh, keep my boundaries uh, quite close. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's actually the perfect lead into what I wanted to talk about was one of your more popular bits from the special. Um, We, you know, you discussed this recent um, quote unquote Hindi imposition and um, you know really amazing way of connecting it to the uh, to the wonder that is uh, Chennai Express um, <laughs> and you know that bit um, definitely one of my favorites from the show has has also resulted in some pretty you know negative comments and 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 backlash from certain people and certain communities um, 
yet at the same time, there's also a large uh, a large part of the audience that really supports you and agrees with the the comments. So, you know, how does it feel to be in the midst of of these uh, these uh, differing opinions? And you know, you, you have the support, but you're also getting a lot of you know sometimes abusive commentary on on YouTube clips. Like, does it bother you? I guess I guess you kind of answer my question with your pendulum thing. But how do you detract yourself from that? Uh so, so multiple questions, I guess. First, firstly, yes, it, of course it bothers you because uh, I, I'd be lying if I say that I've reached this kind of, uh, some kind of a Zen state where I no longer oscillate and I've, I've somehow found myself to be static. But no, that's not true. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I do react and my reactions is what actually ends up turning out to be my expression. It's because I reacted to Chennai Express that act happened. That joke came about. If uh, if I was uh, if if I was not a reactive and opinionated person, then I can't be in, uh, a stand-up comedian. So um, yes, it does bother you uh, in both ways. But uh, having said that, uh, I'm still in the process of getting used to it because I find the stand-up comedy is a new thing to our uh, community and our uh, culture. I'd say so. You're, I mean, for the first time, somebody is actually putting their opinions out there and and being held accountable for it and and they are as opposed to as opposed to say heroes who just have to go and act in movies and they're not actually not held accountable for what happens in their actual movies mm-hmm. i mean there is this convenience of hey i'm just an actor so uh, whereas in the case of a stand up comedian you are what you speak so therefore so for the the love is pretty unadulterated at the same time you also have to uh, you're also be held accountable or rather you have to uh, uh, face some of the negative uh, comments towards it and see what's reasonable in it that you can take and ignore the rest so you have to do it all it's a so it is new to me i'm still coming to terms with it i i would be lying if i said um, i found a way to handle it but uh, i right now i'm at a stage where it's numb uh, in the sense it's just it's, the impact is so big um, you just can't uh, you just can't give it credence beyond a point with respect to how much of the feedback do you take seriously and do you uh, read into because it's just massive which is why like i explained earlier you keep it to a close circle and uh, and and hopefully the close circle would be good enough to um, resonate the same views as what the rest of them are saying mhm so when you did um, you know when you did that special and that tour um and that you had that bit in there um i mean correct me if i'm wrong it was just serendipitous that this you know, situation with, you know, Hindi language and promoting and things happened. Um, and then you released the clip, you know, around the same time, kind of, am I, am I correct uh, on that? Or that's a periodic thing that happens once in six months, you just give it six more <laughs> months, yeah, it'll happen. And it's been happening a lot for, for ages now. So, right. so the bit happened because I've always been exposed to such campaigns and we've heard of the anti-Hindi agitations mm-hmm. in the past and uh, and there's always this um, North Indian representation of the South that happens in their work and yeah. commentary from the South regarding that. That's that's a constant. So, so, uh, so yeah, that bit happened on its own. Um, ever since Chennai Express released, it's something we've always talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I wrote that Lungi dance bit because um, when I had to tour Bombay and Delhi and uh, and, and uh, generally the north of India, uh, I had some, I needed something to connect with them. So the best way to connect with them is to connect with whatever they think of us. So mm. this is opened my acts with their just to say, hey, I'm this guy that you thought is all Madrasi and Lungi and all, but no, hey, guess what? We are in that way. 
So that's a good way to connect with uh, something they already know of and then slowly, uh, you know, reel them in to correct them. So that's how I used it as an icebreaker for my shows out there. Mm -hmm. Eventually, to be much more than an icebreaker, I guess. <laughs> So, so with I guess then with the longevity of this this bit or that maybe the specific one, but that topic, were you suddenly expecting this this you know yeah. massive blow up of, of it after the special yes. came out? Oh, okay. So that's the so I guess that's the that's the part uh, on my job which I I will I, I give a lot of credit to myself for, which is because you don't there's no science to this; it's just your instincts mm -hmm. and. Uh, and I was looking at, uh, uh, because I had about four videos to release from my special and uh, one of which I did choose Lungi Dance uh, as one of the videos I, I wanted to release. And it comes down to timing. So I could have chosen to have released this as the first video out of the four. Yeah. But it shows a specific strategy with respect to going with um, um, uh, the one on underwears with, uh, with holes in the first one. And then the second one is about long distance relationships. Uh -huh. So I kind of set the ball rolling about about generally this madrasi guides doing some madrasi stuff but that mightn't that mightn't have what do you say uh, that wouldn't have grabbed the attention of north indians but then it would have just generally gotten the ball rolling but then the third one when i released the lungi dance i was just waiting for some some relevance in the uh, social media space for uh, uh, so for this uh, video i was hoping maybe sharuk would come and do something or there would be some kind of a bollywood movie where they represent tamils in their usual uh, poorly informed way i was just waiting for something mm -hmm. i didn't expect it to come from a government level Hindi information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. I guess, yeah, I guess you lucked out there. <laughs> so you know, like speaking on how you you came up with that bit as kind of an icebreaker for for maybe more North Indian audiences and stuff. Um, relate related to that, I read how when Film Ca uh, Companion was ranking the specials, they mentioned that sometimes your comedy could be considered, you know, quote unquote hyper local, and that if you're not you know, South Indian or Tamil, it might be tough to understand the depth of many of your jokes. Um, does this mean or that we might see you expanding your comedy angles in the future, you know, as you get more specials? Will we see more pan-Indian com um, commentary maybe or even more global topics? Uh, that That is the challenge laid out to most comedians. I mean, even though uh, they say they do call me a hyperlocal uh, uh, comedian or a hyperlocal special. Madrasi does a hyperlocal special. I do find that sometimes I do get annoyed by that because it's not like the other comedians out there are all pan-Indian. Because mm -hmm. again, it comes to the general assumption that if you speak Hindi, you're not hyperlocal. But but the, for example, the guy who's ranked first is my favorite comic, and then Biswa. He's by far the best in India, in my opinion. He's hyperlocal only. Mm -hmm. He is hyperlocal to the north of India. Because that's extreme. Because for for us, for example, Hindi is hyper local for us out down south. Why yeah. would why wouldn't that be hyper local? Why is that hyper national? Mm -hmm. So so that so we, that is something that always uh, annoys me. Uh, I feel every most of the comedians in that's uh, in uh, in the seventeen are hyper local, barring the ones that just stick to English throughout the script. Which is which would pro and English references and and just Eng uh, English language, which is probably Kanan Gill and Veer Das. You know, the, uh, the, these guys do the Anvo Pal. They are out and out English. As for the rest of them, they all take references and uh, they all have a local flavor to it. And I, I'm not against it at all. I think that's the best way to connect. Stand-up comedy has to be rooted to uh, a, a certain culture, so that every the ones you uh, end up attracting 
can relate to it and connect with you at a very personal level that's why it works as well as it does otherwise it's it's it, uh, it won't be this funny at all so that's that's the first part but yes the challenge for me now uh, with my spe- second special which is ready and i'm going to launch it in about uh, a month or two i'm going to start touring uh, all over the world with it now i have been testing that content only in delhi and bombay i have not done it in chennai or bangalore or anywhere where they know me I've basically been trying out that material in places where they don't know me, and I don't have the advantage of um, of immediately falling on a local reference. So, so, so that so therefore, my objective there is if I can pull that off, and if I can make it work for in in comedy clubs in Delhi and Bombay and Gurgaon and Hyderabad and places like that, then I can make it work anywhere, any to any Indian in, 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 anywhere in the world, as long as they like stand-up comedy. so that's how the 60 minute new special of mine has been formed so it will still be madrasi in its flavor uh, in the sense the way i sound some of the stories might be set in madras but it is not but it has been tested and it has been uh, universalized to the point where the madrasiness is just the flavor but not the uh, what do you say the uh, actual content yeah so because that, that's the way you want there's, there's no single indian representation that can be pan indian if you think about it yeah yeah no. that can be one so pan, by pan indian what what i would what i would try to achieve is to take madras and make it pan indian hmm there you go yeah so you know this this uh method of you know touring your new material in you know communities that are or or cities that are not as familiar with your work yet um is that something you just started doing with this special um yeah. okay so it wasn't like your 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 tried and true method all along for previous shows as well no because previously when i did madrasida the reason why i named it madrasida was because previously madrasida happened where uh, i never had a objective of a solo show or a special in mind hmm. it so happened the market was leading up to that and i was happy doing 25 minutes and 30 minutes spots and when when we saw that the market is opening up for where where individual comedians are going to break out and you need to now start having specials so i accumulated all of the 30 minute acts that i had written over a period of time uh, playing strictly to my markets alone which is your south indian strong zone singapore and us and and chennai bangalore coimbatore stuff like that so that would it would have been so i i was a conscious call to therefore brand it the way i branded it and to play it uh, to the people that are familiar with it so i i didn't go out of my way to even try and uh, ask a non south indian to uh, give make that effort to understand a madrasi da kind of a show mm-hmm. because because at an inception level if i i did uh, i it, it has been clearly made for a certain crowd and it's very difficult to go back and prune it because you lose the essence of it because when you create you need to have it at a thought level that it needs to be a uh, pan indian it's very difficult to go back and retune it that's really difficult so that was meant to be that way which is why when i started my next special my the strategy was very clear with respect to hitting the comedy clubs uh, in in delhi and bombay and hyderabad because that's the advantage of that the northern part of the country has which is that they have comedy clubs that get a regular audience like your international scene and and, and on a weekly basis that's a privilege we don't have we'll never get that in south for the time being i feel so to be able to go there and sit a week and perform the same content every single day and keep making changes based on uh what uh, what uh, based on the uh, feedback of the previous show now that's that that that's a priceless uh, process uh, so that's what the second special has uh, been based on 
Okay. So speaking of that, you know, um, culture of, of a much more structured, I think, um, stand-up routine um, development in the North, like I, like you just mentioned, it's not as not as structured or visible in, in South. Apparently, all the big comedians are moving to Mumbai now. Or is that something you're thinking or you would think about doing in the future? Yeah, I was asked to. I did have the opportunity to move to Bombay. And, and yes, everyone... A ninety percent of the scene is out there. Uh, having said that, I, 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 I don't. I'm not looking at going there because I feel there's a huge market down south, and uh, I, I don't like. I don't like being diluted when uh, by going to Bombay and trying to uh, uh, what do you say? Trying to cater to uh, trying to please everyone. Trying to cater to both parts of the world. I think you can cater to everyone while retaining who you essentially are. When you go to Bombay, you will end up playing the Bombay game, and, mm. and so there is this Bombay brand, there is this Bombay understanding of South, and I wouldn't want to be uh, shoe, you know, how do you put it, shoehorned into the Bombay version of a Tamilian or a Madrasi. Right. So as long as I stay here, and as long as I, I feel like there's huge market. Uh, out here to uh, capitalize and as long as you stay here and you can reach out to the rest of the country to take notice of this as opposed to shifting the scene there you should make them come here for us so that i think is definitely going to happen as lungi nan's videos proof that uh, the number of north indians who have reached out and messaged me saying this is great we love this humor as well it's great to see south indian style in stand up comedy now that's the kind of responses that i would like to generate moving forward because like how we love aib city here i'm sure i'm sure we can make them appreciate the stuff we produce down south yeah so you know on that note um correct me if i'm wrong but of the of the 14 or 15 i think stand up comics on amazon prime you're the only one from chennai yeah i probably say i'm the only one from south yeah. because because um, i'm probably the only south indian south indian guy out there even the guys at south indian roots which might be a, a kenny or or um, a navin richard they they do have uh, some south indian roots in them but they are extremely extremely uh, how do you put it bombay and anglicized indian They're in their identifying uh, as no yeah right and that's how they they comfortable identify them so that so which pretty much leaves me with uh, having the pressure of dealing with <laughs> the shoulder of the <laughs> south the whole south is on your shoulders um, which is why the lungi don't think made so much sense because it's stereotype the whole south so. right it was it was just a good broad stereotype so um so you know speaking of that like do you spend a lot of time with um local comics though or up and coming comics in the south and you know what are your thoughts on on isn't i would i was going to say chennai but let's say isn't south india producing more of these more global comics like yourself i think it's still early stages because for me to even uh, get a critical mass going in as a stand up comedian and and uh, to be able to sustain this and see a career happening it took me uh, say 3 years of part time dabbling and about 2 years of full time mm. to half i'd say so so it's going to take a lot of time uh, for us to be able to for me to be able to gauge what the future holds with respect to the new guys who are coming in the scene uh, because it's uh, right now we are attracting a lot of curious cases but um, you need to you need to ask me this question a year or two later because I, because only if they stay the course and if they can play the long game and they understand that it's a marathon and not a sprint mm-hmm. then I'll see the rewards. So, having said that, what's happening is that yes, it has lifted a lot of heads, and uh, we are finding a lot more participation in uh, the open mic scene. And I'll say Bangalore is 
extremely extremely happening for from a south point of view because not only is it like the um how do you put it um the metro capital of india where you have all the all kinds of people living there it's a floating population mm-hmm. and as a strong there's a strong corporate uh, presence there therefore it attracts all kinds of uh, uh, uh people there and therefore you find them wanting to uh, you find them hitting these and and you have an active nightlife and an uh, out, uh, what do you say an entertainment scene out there i mean going out in bangalore is like a given on an everyday basis so their comedy is thriving every single day you'll have some show or the other so therefore that automatically means there's more opportunity for comedians and a lot more people trying comedy and they might not necessarily be south south but but it what it ends up doing is it just ends up uh, opening up the scene big time from an audience point of view and from the comedians point of view it has a comedy festival happening there and 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 it has um uh, college students constantly showing up for shows to participate so yeah so let's see few more years if somebody can st- and stick it out then maybe they will see the rewards right um you know so in your new special or or actually let's speaking about your existing special like my favorite bit personally uh, let's say of the ones you released was the long distance bit like it's just to me like <laughs> it's it's fantastic um and i and i and although you know like i i do agree that you're unfairly termed as you know hyper local but uh, it's it's a very universal bit to be fair and um so i like i wanted to know like uh, in your new special or even in this one are there certain topics that you enjoy you know riffing on more than others <laughs> um yes um yes for example in my next special i speak about um uh, say i have a joke jokes on tinder Okay. and how tinder and tinder doesn't make sense to me because i'm a 90s kid and in and in 90s we didn't have tinder we call we had a, a rather cheaper way of calling it we had we had something called one night stands and so <laughs> i just cut to the chase that way so my experiences of this whole one night stand back then so so those are all things that i love talking about but 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 yeah i mean i'm still a bit i'm still apprehensive about hey uh is the crowd ready for this because so far they've seen the comedian speak uh, things that probably falls within their purview of acceptable humor okay. right mm-hmm. so so now now i'm kind of pushing the boundaries so i'm trying to see would they come along if they if i talk to talk to them about some really some like personal experiences which uh, which i'm sure everyone would have gone through but hey are you ready to hear me talk about it right right i mean in in your in your practicing or touring of this new special so far and i don't need a specific joke but i'm just curious to know has there been anything you tried out where you noticed the audience is like whoa like not as reacting in the way that you wanted or you thought for the actually, joke actually actually no the biggest actually the, the biggest judgmental uncle sitting in the audience is actually me okay so the biggest problem starts with me unable to come to terms with the fact that i want to talk about say premature ejaculation <laughs> Okay. Okay, I want to talk about one night stand. I want to talk about the pressure that men have when it comes to uh, the expectations for women when it comes to men in bed. I mean, an Indian comedian talking about these things. I feel that I feel it's un unreasonable that all men are expected to be some kind of a Greek god when it comes to uh, making love to their loved ones. So, so stuff like this, I want to talk about. So the biggest judgmental uncle is the guy sitting inside me saying, "Oh, oh, oh, what are you doing there?" Okay, yeah. because <laughs> to, to my surprise, when I did it in Bombay and Delhi, where I've been testing this kind, of, it's been working brilliantly. So I don't think a, a, a crowd that's going to a live show is necessarily. um um what do you say uh, unprepared for content like this because mm-hmm. the scene 
open and a, and the crowd that comes for a live shows always has consent and the open mindedness to appreciate it you might find uh, you might find the reaction levels vary like some days they, you'll get a crowd that'll just get it to the t well there'll be days where you'll have to push you'll have to hint and you'll have to like coerce them into saying it's okay laugh it's okay it's not you it's me who just yeah. doing it <laughs> it's okay for you to laugh at my embarrassment, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the the thing I'm worried about is I when you put on YouTube, that's a different scene altogether. So that therefore I'll have to take a call about hey, this is not for YouTube. This is just for Netflix and Amazon. So yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that always frightens me whenever I attend a comedy show is I never want to sit in the front. Like I never want to be near the front because I'm terrified they're gonna pick on me or like point at me and like and you know you know when you just they want rapport with the audience and so when you do stand up are you one of those people will you scope out kind of the crowd and think like okay that looks like someone who would be able to participate and not you know get offended if I wanted to do something with them or do you just kind of like if you no, want I'm the, that I'm the comedian that goes on stage hoping nobody from the crowd would pick on me so that's the end <laughs> <laughs> So you wouldn't do it in reverse. You wouldn't do it to somebody else. When I when I do crowd work, it's so passive aggressive that any smart guy that knows can easily figure out that he can he can totally screw my case that night. If he, you know, but just <laughs> the fact that I have the mic and have I have the crowd going for me, so so it, it makes it look like as if I'm I'm a smart as great one liners and who's brilliant at crowd work. But that's that's not true at all. And most of us passive aggressive comedians get away with it because uh, very there are. Few who are brilliant at crowd work. What you said is true. If you sit in the front row on their shows, they will kill you. I'm not. There. I, I I intend on going there, winning the crowd over, putting them on eyesight, and in the hope that they'll. Because I'm a very script oriented comedian, mm. so therefore uh, my focus, my energies are all focused on on making them listen to my stuff, and therefore I need them on my side. And I want. I also like to play by the script and the script alone. Any improvisations should be organic. From the script, as opposed to uh, there are comedians who just go there and drift by talking to the front few right. um, uh, yeah, front row people, and and it works. That works. I can't do that because when I go off script, I'm I'm scared. I because I uh, for me uh, the whole formula, the whole success of an idea is based on all the hard work that I have done with respect to scripting it a certain way and structuring it a certain way and delivering it a certain way in that rhythm in that flow. And if I if I choose to uh, break out of it, it better be for a good reason and for a good payoff. And mm-hmm. I will try back into the script as soon as possible. So. So yeah, that's so. Therefore, I'm not the guy who pick on people at all, and I enjoy watching it. But there has been times where I have picked on people, and it has worked great. So I have been told that I can do a lot more of it, and that I'm good at it. But deep down, that's not my DNA at all. Now. Okay. So what you're saying is, I can attend a show without fear, <laughs> and sit in the front row. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. There is, people still come and tell me that no, no, you still pick on the people in the front row, and you still, uh, you know, you still tear them a new one and all that. But uh, <laughs> having, having said that, I, I, I think, like I told you before, it's because of the fact that I have the mic and and the crowd going for me, so it gives that perception deep down. If that person, for example, there has been many a time where the person, the person I'm picking on, has come up with some epic rebuttals, but I would never broadcast it to the crowd. And they can never hear it because he's in the front row, and therefore that's one cheap way of, of putting him down. You understand? I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah. Just, I I just dampened his comebacks. Mm-hmm. I just poked all over it. If if imagine if he had a mic, it, he would have been he would have taken over the show. Right. Yep. 
and and so, why, yeah, but, yeah. I've been such an asshole sometimes. I'm sorry, you can answer that. <laughs> but I've been, I've been such a bad person sometimes that I have. He might have said something, but I would have just completely taken it out of context or or uh, uh, broadcasted it back to the audience in a different word. And he'd be like, "I never said that." I'm like, "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll <laughs> never know. That means it works for my joke. So you deal with it. So I'll be honest about it later. But that's the point. The point is, I'm shit scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is good news for me because I hope that I'm you know somewhere in town in India when you're doing your next special, or hopefully you'll come to Canada. Canada with it. Um, either oh, way, yeah, I mean, come. Shows in Canada so far have been my favorite one. So yes, Canada for sure. Last oh. time I did so in Canada and Toronto. Do you see Toronto? Yes, yes, I do stay in Toronto, and I know, but I was not here in the city when you were when you came by. So that'll change now because I'm I'm not afraid to attend anymore. I feel like you won't pick on me. Maybe I'm going to ask of you course. to. <laughs> Oh, sure. <laughs> Verbally binding contract right here. Please don't pick on me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm really, really looking forward to the next special and to see where you take uh, this, your flavor of comedy. And, you know, congratulations to you and all the success so far. Thanks, Ladilani. I mean, it's a pleasure talking to someone who... For a change, I heard all the right questions about stand-up comedy and all the, all the, and I said all the things I've always wanted to say about the process of comedy, and I'm getting, I'm, and that's rather refreshing uh, because most of the interviews are about, hey, how is your mother and father okay with this? How is it? How is life? When all the girls are coming after you. Your sex life must be amazing. I'm like, this is not the question I want to be answering on. You know, so, so much for making it such a fun interview. Well, for all you know, I had all those questions. I just we ran out of time. That's the thing. That's that's the only problem. Super, I'll save so it much. for the next time I have you on. Sure, sure. Okay. You just listened to One by Two with Delani R, exclusively available on Raga.com. This podcast series is hosted by Delani Ravindran and produced by Karthik Keramalu. If you enjoyed this episode or have some suggestions on how we can improve, please let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter or shoot us an email at oneby2.delaniR at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more episodes with your favorite South Asian artists on One by Two.